A quick word of caution that this episode does have discussion about suicide. Please listen with discretion. We don't have any idea how to handle someone's grief, and sometimes we don't know how to handle our own. But we all could use some guidance, not just processing the shadows, but having resources to navigate our own intuition and healing from a more empowered place. Jen Leone, formerly known as Jen Roberts, is back on the podcast today. She has founded celebrity-loved brands, and each one was born out of an unimaginable tragedy. With a new intuitive card deck called The Way of the Jaguar about to be born, Jen has a deeper story to tell, and it's one that needs more attention. If you know of anyone who is grieving or struggling to find their footing, please send this podcast to them. Here's my chat with Jen. If you'd like to listen to these episodes ad-free and early and support an independent podcaster, that's me, sign up at patreon.com forward slash culture changers or go to allisonhair.com for the direct link. Welcome back, Jen Leone, formerly known as Jen Roberts. Formerly known as <laughs> Jen Bertel, formerly known as many things. Many, many yeah. things. So, um, Jen, I'm so excited to have you back. And I had you on, uh, we had to look it up. It was August 27, 2019, is when it was released. And the title was The Beauty uh, in Grief and Loss. Yeah. And it was one of the most, it was probably one of my favorite interviews I've ever done. Um, and definitely an interview that was different from most of my other ones. And this one will be no different from that. So welcome back. Thank you so much. Thank you for having me. You've had such an interesting journey. Would you mind catching us up a little bit? Why are you here? <laughs> um, why am I on the couch? Why are so, you on the couch? Yeah. Um, you can lie down if you want. Okay. <laughs> Perfect. I had built this celebrity loved brand um, and it focused on modern motherhood, but it was really birthed from my own journey of motherless motherhood. My mom had died very suddenly and it was in, you know, kind of a a tragic way. And my brother had found her and it was a real rock uh, to our family. And then after she had died within a year, my stepfather had died and then I was pregnant within three months after she died. And that was very, that was unexpected. So I was in this deep journey of becoming a mother while grieving the law, the physical loss of my own mother. Um, And so that really put myself as well as my brother and my sister on a journey and where it ended up for each of us was very different. And regarding my sister and my brother, it was pretty horrific. And so my brother had committed suicide in a Motel 6. And then my sister had found him while I was on the phone with her. I mean, it was it was it was awful. And then it was really a navigation um, between my sister and I of like kind of what we were left with. And then um, at the time that I did the interview with you, she was still alive. And then six months later, she killed herself. All the while, I was in the throes of one of the deepest stripping away transformations. Um, It didn't feel like a transformation at the time, but it was absolutely, they talk about a caterpillar, you know, going into the cocoon and it literally becomes liquid in order to you know, rebirth and become this butterfly and leave. And so, I mean, that's the last three years have been me in a liquid form. That's all I can say, really. Mm. And it's it's taken me to so many places, so many places that really are, that have been all within myself on an emotional level, a mental level, but also a cracking open. And what I say is a remembrance of who and what I really am and what we all are. So when you say remembrance, is it something that you knew before? Or is it like a cosmic remembrance? For me, when I when I say it's a remembrance, because it's not something that I'm having to become. It is. Mm. I am. But it's been forgotten. 
it's a remembrance of it. And so it's been going through these situations that have actually been the rock that has ripped off all of the blinders in order for me to get down to the core of remembrance. So it's been really fucking intense, but it's also been beautiful at the same time. One thing I remember about talking to you and your story that you shared is that when you have such deep mental illness that takes lives from your family, so much tragedy, you have like fiercely gripped on to that's not going to be me and your process. How do you even, how do you even do that? How do you pick yourself up? I mean, honestly, that's, that's part of actually what has come through with what we can get into whenever you want, which is the way of the Jaguar that girl you're here. (laughs) That basically is, um, how do you get through that? I came to understand that this energy of this medicine of this, whether somebody wants to call it an animal spirit or an aspect of self or archetypal medicine or whatever it is, this has been something that's been with me like in this incarnation. Like it, it's just something that's been What does that's that mean? What me. does that look like for you? Well, I mean, I guess we're getting into personal belief now, right? So, I, you know, some people don't believe that you live many lives or, you know, they just believe you're here, you're one and done and that's it. That's not my belief. That's not what I feel as my truth. I've in in a lot of ways kind of gone into, like when I've been in really deep meditations, I've gone into places where like, I've remembered things, I've seen things that it's like I've known, but I don't, it's like the conversation upstairs that we've had, that we had about, you know, being in an experience and being like, I've either been here, I know this, but I don't know this, but I do know this, right? So it's like this awakening. And And I'm saying, I I wanna pause for a second. This is not aided by drugs of any type. No, I don't take drugs. I don't, um, that's, that's been one thing that I have been very fucking clear about within myself that I don't medicate myself in that way at yeah. all. Um, I, I came from, if you want to look at the human experience, I did, I came from a family where addiction run rampant, you know, yeah. alcoholism and like all of that. And that was a, a mode of coping. So well, let's define for you, because you talk about medication, you talk about experience. You, it almost seems like you were in a trance state, which yeah. could easily be aided by some kind of medication. Right. So tell me what that looks like for you. I mean, it's not something that like, I'm not in those places, like every waking moment, you know what I mean? It's not like that. There's a balance. But from my experience, when you experience in the in the human form deep loss and separation because that's that's part of like being a human it takes you into places that are really deep most of the time we're programmed to not stay awake to those Mm. experiences or those places because they are intense However, not that I haven't closed my eyes from t- from time to time yeah. for a little reprieve, but sure. there has been a part of me that has always been reflecting, and this is where the jaguar comes in, of the divinity that's in me and that's in everybody, that it sees me in that place. So it's able to hold that reflection for me that even when I'm in what feels like what we would describe as hell, it understands that it can't take me over, that I'm able to be there with it. I'm able, I'm learning how to hold myself in it instead of running out to everything outside of me. How do you do that? Is that something you train? You know, like the whole world is go fucking take a pill, you know, go to sleep. It's okay. And I understand that. And and I will say, speaking to that, I do take an extremely small dose, but it's 10 milligrams of Lexapro. And part of that is only for the, 
I have had a dysregulated, you know, nervous system from having to go through what I've gone through. So what that very small dose does for me is it gives me because the amount of trauma that's needing to be processed, because it's been one wave after another, right? So and even coming from if you want to go back to childhood, childhood was riddled with you know, no secure foundation, right? So I'm coming, I came out of a place where I didn't have proper skills, but at the same time, then I'm thrust into life and then I'm experiencing these things where it's like, holy shit, hold on. So as for medication, um, that is the only thing that I take, but the reason is because what I have found is that that gives me just enough space of breathing room to peel back all that needs to be processed. But are you thinking about processing? Like when you're in a deep state of grief, I think it's important to be in that state of grief and let it hurt the process. Yes. Are you thinking, well, you know, it sounds like you're cognitively thinking about, let's process this. What does this all mean? I know there are people that are listening to this. But that's not how it is when I'm in it. When I'm in it, I've become it. I'm terrified. Mm. I'm feeling all the things. I'm not just like, there's Jen. You know what I mean? Just like bravely going through it. Look, Jen, you're doing this. Like, no, I become that which I'm terrified of feeling and holding. You know, whether it's the immense panic, Mm. the fear, like all of those things that are so visceral and that have become almost like these tornadoes of energy that you in order to hold in your system, it does a lot to your system. But nothing's going to change that for you. You you have to learn how to work with it and to break it down. And that's not an easy feat. It's not. Mm-mm. All I can say is like my path is not, it hasn't been for one of like the faint at heart. You were tasked you, somehow, you know, whether it's divinely tasked to, to kind of face this, whether whether it is testing your strength, testing your resolve, testing your sovereignty, like we talked about before. But there are people that are listening to this that are in a deep state of grief and are trying to figure out, I'm assuming, how the fuck do I get through this or do I feel better? It just feels never ending. Dark. That I can relate to. And I can also say that I witnessed both my brother and my sister in those states. Ultimately, somebody who's like, I'm ready to go, like I'm ready to hop out of my body and they make that decision. They're not in a place of this feels great. It's so unbearable to that being in the state that they're in, that that is the best option for them. So But that comes along with a lot of stuff. This is not a, that that's the choice that you should make. Mm -hmm. I'm, I'm, I'm against it, but I also understand, and I don't even want to say that I'm against it, it, but I'm not for it. I'm not, that's not a, that's not a solution. This is such an interesting conversation though. There are people that suffer, that we love, that suffer so greatly, where I wonder, is there any peace that they have left the world so, and that there's not suffering anymore. You mean from the person left? From you, yeah. Yeah, so, and and these are the really the nuances. Yeah, this but is not, deep, is it good or is it bad? That, no, that's not my question. This is the deep nuances yes. of this work that I had to hold myself through that there were aspects of me and I had to allow myself to feel that from two places from a completely self-centered place when I, and I don't mean self-centered in a negative way. I mean, just focused from self Mm. that I wasn't having to endure anymore. The unbearable roller coaster ride that a person goes on when they, I don't care if you've distanced yourself. I don't care. Even being someone who is, you know, in service to sovereignty and we can get into that at another time, but even being in service to to self-sovereignty, 
you, you can't watch something that you love with all your heart hate themselves and not love themselves. And it doesn't make you feel something. It does. Mm. And it's usually excruciating. So the part of me that knew I didn't have to experience in the human sense anymore that there was a relief there's also, there was a trade-off that now I had been given. I may not be in the physical experience going through it with them anymore, but now I'm here physically not with them. And I have to now, I've been given a platter of, oh, well, here's all the things that come with me not actually being here anymore. Mm. So I need you to start to pick that apart. Do you mean like the... The grief. The, the, the experience grief or the realistic, dying. like their bills and their, you no, know, like tying I mean, up all that stuff. No, right. I don't mean that. I mean, that's an aspect of it, but no. It is it's, huge, yeah. It's more or less the, here's your platter to alchemize there, mm -hmm. th here are all these things that you're going to have to sift through and alchemize you're using all the best words i love that but word. <laughs> this because the only reason i'm using these words and i and i know that maybe some of these have become buzzwords they're not buzzwords for me they are truth for me and i only use them because of experience and because of the resonance in which i'm embodying more and more of what they are so I just wanted to say so that. So your brother, your mother, your sister, do you feel like they are with you? Do you feel they, like they are in a different form? They're here right now. What does it feel like? Like that's, it's, so my brother's death was the death for me that cracked open the first door of the remembering. Because when I look back to myself as a child, I've always been psychic. I've always been able to read energy. I've always, there's even though it hasn't it always been a good feeling in my body, I've always been able to kind of pick up sometimes like on people, like I knew that my brother was going to die a year and a half before he mm. died. I knew my sister was going to die the year she died. Is there any responsibility? Like if I knew, could I have saved her? No, there's That's no great. saving. That is the biggest thing. If I could, and this is the hardest thing, is that everyone that's here on earth, whether they remember it or not, they're, they're their own being, they're sovereign. And so whether they give their power away to everything else outside of them, that's really none of your business. But I know that that was their choice. It didn't feel good. It left a huge ripple effect. But there was nothing that I could have done. And there were things that came through during the process that my sister had tried to commit suicide two times after my mom had died. The last time that she tried to commit suicide, I was living in South Carolina at the time and my brother was already dead. So he was dead. Maybe this was like for two, two years, maybe he was gone for two years. And my relationship with him and his energy. And again, I don't sit here and claim to know where exactly the energy is existing. But what I've come to realize is that every single fucking thing is energy. Everything is energy. Your emotions are energy. Your body's energy. Your thoughts are energy. So that thing, whether you want to call it a soul, a spirit or whatever, that still exists. It can't be destroyed. It it is. So being able to remember again and awaken again and, and figure out that like, holy shit, I'm connecting with Jesse. And there was so many incredible synchronicities. I knew the relationship with him now in non-physical form had started. So getting back to the last time my sister tried to kill herself, he, he, he was two years gone. She was living in New Jersey. I was living in South Carolina. And I woke up super early. I was sleeping and I heard in my left ear, it was like a being was standing over top of me and said, Jenny. And nobody really knows me in my adult life as Jenny because that's something that was really just my family, my brother, my sister, people that I grew up with. And I heard it in this 
in this tone that was not man, it was not woman, it just was. Mm. And I woke up and I knew immediately, I was like, where's my sister? Something's wrong with my sister. And so the entire day, I was on detective duty trying to find her, called her husband. Like, it was just like, you know, this whole thing. And then finally, I knew I was like, you have to call the police. Like, you have to call the police in New Jersey, tell them where to go. And I did. And lo and behold, there she was. She had taken a a whole bottle of pills. I don't know exactly what it was, Xanax or whatever. And she had written on a piece of paper, DNR, which means do not resuscitate Mm. and pinned it to her headboard and was in the bed. And so when I got in the plane that day or the next day to go up there, my brother came through and he said, you have to tell her because this had been a pattern of hers since teenage, teenage years. He said, you have to tell her that this is the last time. This is the last time that there will be any intervention for her, that if she does this again, she's going to transition. And so I'm hearing this as clear as day. I know it. And I'm like, how the fuck? Like she... She's going to be like, fuck you, you know? Mm -hmm. And I was on my way to the, to the hospital where she was. And when there was this moment that it was just her and I sitting there, I just grabbed her hand and I looked at her and I said, I need to tell you something like Jesse came through. You need to hear this. And of course, what did she do? Fuck you, Mm -hmm. you know, get the fuck out of here, you know, all of it. But I knew that that season for me was really about, and I'm so grateful to my to my brother during that time that he really helped me to trust myself on a deeper level. And the next time she did it, she did die. Mm. So it's, it's heavy yet at the same time, it's, I know that it's, it's infinity. It's ever going. It's not stopping. It's different. It's what I've forgotten. It's what we've all forgotten. Do you think we all have that ability? I think that every one of us, every one of us are divinity in human form. This time in in where we are right now, this is the time of people bringing this back online for a reason. But for me what I have found to be truth within myself is that now is a time for every being here to return to their own sovereignty. That's where the real change is. The change is not in the group. The change is with self. And I don't think people understand how powerful they are. Well, of course, I mean, of course they don't. You see it everywhere right? How many times a day do you literally hand over your fucking power of what it is that you need? Everything is inside of us. And I know that's such a hard concept that that concept is hard for me at times to really grasp because there's times where I have felt so empty. So if I could feel so empty, how is everything inside of me? But it is. How? I mean, the only, and again, this is just my experience, but the Mm -hmm. only way that I have found parts of myself that either I have locked away, forgotten, has been to have the courage to journey really deep within myself. And this is not just on it. And this is not about bypassing. This is not about like getting caught up in the, the spiritual and all of that. I mean, this is integrating that with the human. I'll give you an example. Because this is part of integration. So I guess it was last week, I was feeling just a lot of anxiety. And it was waking me up. And earlier in the day, I had felt this what felt like circling, right? This circling feeling. I don't know how to get this out of me right now. What what do I do? And so like, I sat down to maybe write to try to just like get it out of my head. And, and I wrote, it was four sentences. And the four sentences, what I didn't realize was that it was my, it was a 
young aspect of me that was still stuck. Hmm. Yes. How were you able to identify that? So I wrote on the paper, I feel like it's circling me like sharks. I don't know if I'm going to make it out of here. And so when I wrote that, it was like I was feeling like the vibration of this feeling that was so scary and it was terrifying and I just walked away from it. And when I was being woken up in the middle of the night, what I saw at that point when I just put my hand on my heart and I said, what is this? And it was me. And it was like my heart, my intuition, it took me right there. I saw myself as seven years old sitting in the basement in one of the houses that we were in, just in fetal position. Like these were real experiences. I didn't have anyone to help me work through those at that time. And so I knew at that point, like when I saw it, that writing, the feeling of circling, all of that, that was her. This was like an aspect of me that was frozen, but vibrating Hmm. still and showing up in my life. And so being there and just putting my hand on my heart and just saying, I'm here, come home. Like I've got to ask though, you know, as I'm thinking, it seems like an amazing thing to access to be able to ask yourself those questions. What did support look like for you going through this? Did you have support like therapist, whatever, or is this something where you just go inward? You know, what's really interesting when Amy died, she died December 21st. And then the whole world went on lockdown in Mm. March. I didn't even go up to have a funeral for her until it was like two months after she died. I, I literally could not handle it with both my brother and my sister. My experience with their death was a complete 180. It was not like, I think if somebody were to have observed me about my brother, it was like, there was this fierceness that I had that even though it was excruciating, I was willing to go into the pain. Like I couldn't have gotten on the plane fast enough to get up. I couldn't have seen his dead body fast enough. Like Mm. I was willing to face it as Mm. excruciating as it was with my sister. It was like, I couldn't stay away far enough. I never saw her body. I never had that goodbye. And that was excruciating. But I've had both ends of the spectrum of of almost like taking it on in such a, whether you want to categorize it as brave or fierce, and where I just retracted. Like I couldn't. So no grief counseling or any of that? No, I haven't had any professional that's wild grief counseling are you opposed to it or is no it... i'm all, no huh. not at all you know i heard someone say and this and it's really it was it was it was simple but it was powerful that no one needs different circumstances what you need is better support for your circumstances mm. but i have to trust that this time frame of not having maybe what it was that I felt like I needed, it was also serving a purpose. Not saying that this is the way for someone to go through it or anything like that. I would not recommend it <laughs> to be mm-hmm. to be quite honest with you, you know? Um, it's interesting because I just reached out to a therapist. It was like a couple of weeks ago that I'm going to start going to just to kind of work through some of the aspects of the emotional release that I know I want to be held in. Like, that's really important for me. And the thing about grief and going into it, sometimes people don't feel safe enough to go into it because they understand on almost like a survival level that, yeah. when they, that, that when they go into places like that, you're really being pulled apart. Um, and if you don't have some of the stability in the outside for yourself that can be really scary. And so, no, I always, always, always would recommend that people like reach out and have support and stuff like that. That was also part of my journey that like when she died, I felt like people couldn't stay far away from me. Is that right? Yeah. I felt 
And again, not saying that it's truth, but the feeling was I felt so abandoned. Did you feel that way with when your brother died? No. I huh. felt an outpouring of people in support and I did not feel that with my sister. Hmm. And so that was because I think too people had watched me on this path for like several years. And you know, one of the things that people said to me and it really was not the thing to say and I think this is a good thing to bring up. And I know that the intention is there. The intention is there that they want to, even though they don't have the thing to say, they want to like support the person. But people would look at me like after my sister died and they would say, Jen, you've been through this before. You're going to get through this. Mm, That doesn't seem helpful, does it? No, it was like there was almost a rage building in me of like, I've been through this before. I've never fucking been through this before. I've been through both of my siblings killing themselves and my sister doing it on my son's birthday. And like, what the fuck do you mean I've been through this? I've never been through this. I've been through losing my brother to suicide. I've never been through losing my brother and my sister to suicide. And my only ones at that. Mm. So no. So you feel this rage building up. And then, and you're in the middle of a pandemic. Sorry, I'm not laughing at your story. No, The recorder just fell down. (laughs) Thanks to Jim. No worries. You're in the middle of a pandemic. You don't have support or at least support, uh, grief support or counseling available to you at that time. How did you even get through it? I just started like putting my hands in the ground. Like I would go out into my yard And I would start digging up things. I would start planting. I would, it was really honestly like working with nature that was helping during a certain part um, of my, I I guess you could say healing and, and all of that. But that was really just a start because this stuff goes deep. You know what I mean? It's not Mm -hmm. just like, I went out and planted a couple flowers and it was like, I met her. <laughs> you know what I mean? Um, but it was just a way that like I was, I guess, channeling what I was feeling. I dug this garden in my backyard and I, it was for my brother and my sister and my mom. And I decorated it beautifully. I found plants for each of them. I painted beautiful rocks and I just realized how important that was for me like the human part of me mm-hmm. to have that. So It seems like you're very intentional with I it. I am. And yeah. I'm wondering, you know, I wanted to rewind just for a second about people not knowing how to support you, maybe saying things that maybe were meant well, but <laughs> didn't really land well. Yeah. What would have been helpful? You know, this is a really good thing. We talked about this on the first episode. We sure did. And it was almost like the ability. We don't know, at least Americans do not know. know how to handle grief. But it's not grief, it's death. It's, is it grief? Or is it death? Or is it even discomfort? I'm sure it could be all of those right. things, but I feel like it's death on, on many levels. It's death. It's physical death. It's It's the death of like, parts of you that you don't know anymore yourself Mm. that you have to let go it's like death as a concept too like people don't know how to be with death they you know i mean i think if you were to look at like how many times have you stayed in something too long because you were just afraid to let it go Mm -hmm. like that's death that's Mm -hmm. that and it's a normal healthy part of life the way that people can support is just being able to go and be with the person. The thing is, people don't know how to be with it. So I understood that the lack of support really had nothing to do with me. It had to do with those that I would have thought would have supported. It was them. And I don't mean that in a like a judgmental way or a way of there's blame. It just is. I think it's hard. Um, If I'm thinking from my own personal experience, I think that we struggle with how to support or just be with somebody. Do they want somebody there? Do they not? How do you offer? How do you ask? 
you know, somebody who's going through a hard time, when you start calling and saying, hey, what can I do for you? Can I make you dinner? Can I do this? They're not in a place of thinking. They're right. in a place of literally, they're so numbed out in a way sometimes, mm-hmm. and they're in shock. So what you need to do if you want to be of service to somebody is get out of your own way and don't worry about if what I'm doing is exactly what they need. You don't know what the fuck they need, but you can still show up in a way that says I'm here. Hmm. You can just go out and buy a frozen pizza and at least show up and go, I'm not a great cook, but I know that you need to eat and I just want you to know I'm here. Can I put this in the oven for you? I think understanding that really helps because everyone does, you know, has different levels of wanting to be there or not be there. Meal trains and those kind of things, people can crowdsource help. But let's not forget, there's the survival needs, there's the food, there's Mm -hmm. this, but there's also the human need. Yeah. There's the human need of not to be alone. The first time that I was left alone after my sister died, I didn't even know that I didn't want to be left alone, right? All I know is I'm just like frozen. But maybe it was just a couple days or maybe a week after. I don't remember, but it was it was a short time. And I was left alone. And I just remember feeling like it was all closing in on me. Like it was just like, it was so big. This whole experience was so big. Everything was so big. And I remember being like, I have to shift this. How do I shift this right now? Just to give myself some reprieve, even if it's for five minutes to breathe. And I remember like, I don't watch a lot of TV at all, but I'm from Philly. So I fucking love Kevin Hart. Um, so if there, <laughs> So I remember going and searching Kevin Hart and he had just like had a special that came out and it was actually him returning to Philadelphia which is where I'm from again with my sister dying of of course it's going to bring up all of these things like where you're from and like what you know and your roots and I remember sitting there and every time it would it would like it would get too intense like the wave I just remember like refocusing and getting in touch with like what he was saying. And to me, he's just hysterical. So, and he was talking about things and he was in Philly and there was this like pride that was coming through. But like that, I felt connected to another human at mm. that time, in that moment, in that experience, the way that I needed. I needed to feel, I didn't realize it, but I needed to feel connected. I needed to shift the heaviness, even if it was for a couple minutes. And I needed to remember where the human part of me was was from hmm. because I had lost that when I lost my sister. So thank you to Kevin Hart. That was, you know what I mean? Like that amazing, was, the little yeah. angel thing. Yeah. 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 And so it was just a couple minutes, but when you're in that state, it is about survival. It is about, okay, I need to get through the next five minutes. I mean, you're really in the micro mm-hmm. when you're in that sort of, you know, when your world's been flipped upside down mm-hmm. like that. So tell me about, Every single time you've had these horrific tragedies, there is something so beautiful that comes out of it because your expression has always been creativity. You write, you create, you are a photographer, you have designed clothing and have all these iterations. And now there's the way of the Jaguar. What is it? The way of the Jaguar is I had brought through and earlier this year, it was, it's basically, it's a energetic card deck. So someone might say, what the hell is an energetic card deck? Well, you know how you have a deck of tarot cards or you have Mm -hmm. a deck of this, but it's not based off tarot. It's basically based off what I have had personal experience with. And it's 82 cards and it's a deep dive. It's a sovereign being's guide to the journey deep within. It's a balanced card deck, meaning it's, you know, it's it's taking you deep, but it's also showing you the your own light as well. You don't get stuck in the deep because it's necessary to be in both. But it's not one of those like airy fairy feel good. It's it's a a tool of self-exploration on an energetic level within yourself. That came through after my sister died. And I had realized the first time the Black Jaguar really 
actually showed itself to me, the energy of that, the medicine of that, was when I was writing letters to my brother. And actually, it just kind of came through that it was like how I was giving an analogy for the way I was interacting with my grief. And the interesting thing is my brother actually had a Black Panther that was tattooed on him. Mm. So it's really interesting. Big cat energy. (laughs) Big fucking cat energy. (laughs) Big cat energy. So what I had realized, and the only way that I, I can explain it is how I experience it. So it's like I see it as a very vivid visual and it's like I'm being shown what's happening in visuals, but it, it has to do with me. Give me an example. It just is. Okay. I see this deck is right next to you. It looks it is. pretty. It's a pretty box. <laughs> yeah. You are a master at marketing. <laughs> I'm sure you probably know that. Give me an example. Okay. How would I use the deck? This deck covers everything from codependency to anger and rage mm. to breath work to intuition, to alchemy, to different spirit animals that they work with the black jaguar in the jungle. This deck is about staying awake and navigating the metamorphosis that one goes through in order to become again. Mm, that's, that's beautiful. Yeah. And so like the visual and like the experiences that I've had, and just to convey it this way is like I've I'm in this clearing in the middle of a really dense jungle like it's this open ring and this jaguar and it's specifically black jaguar is there and it's like in the middle of this ring I'm going through it all I mean I'm going into the depths of myself and it never once panics It never once takes its eyes off me. It never once walks away. But it also doesn't give in to the pleas of like, I want this to just go away. It's committed to mirroring back to me, literally my own sovereignty and divinity inside of me so that I can stand back up and be rebirthed in my own truth. So this is like an opportunity to give clarity to what you're feeling inside. Yeah, the journey of it. So how yeah. do you, are there instructions? Like I'm thinking from a from a tarot card deck, you know, know or Oracle know. deck. So how does it work? So there's 82 cards. There's no right or wrong way to use the deck, first of all. I would say the intention of me bringing something into a physical manifestation is more for a tool for a person to become more in tune with their own intuition about themselves. So it's about taking out of looking outside to say, what does this mean? And rather going deeper. And instead of, you know, saying, I don't don't understand what this means. Well, maybe that I don't understand what this means is an aspect of yourself that's like in old programming. And that old programming, of course, doesn't know what that means. But the truth of you knows who that means. So let's start dealing with that program. Mm. I want to try it. Can we try it? Sure. Yeah. Awesome. I, uh, <laughs> so this comes with it. It's just, but also I so will. So there is instructions. Yes. Yeah. It's really pretty. I am in the process of creating a digital guidebook that people can have downloaded on a phone or a tablet. They can take with them anywhere. I love that. And if can I look do, at it? Oh my God, please. Allison. Yeah. Take it out. Yeah. Well, I, I got to hold this. <laughs> yeah. Oh my God. These are gorgeous. They really are. They have like gold foil on the side. They're beautiful. Yeah. Harpy Eagle. What so, is Harpy Eagle? Yeah. So uh, the Harpy Eagle, it's actually one of like the largest eagles. And this the, is gorgeous. The talons that it has are actually comparable to the claws of a bear. They're that big. They're found in the jungle with the jaguar. However, when this shows up, This has a lot to do with its time to actually pull out the roots of these old programs that Mm. you have running. So that's what this one comes to assist with. I'm getting chills because it it could not be more true. Did you design these? I did everything. Yeah. Wow. They are exquisite. Yeah. They're so vivid. The colors are really rich and they're, they're warm colors. At least this one looks warm. 
I got to explain what this looks like. So it, it says the harpy eagle. I would not even be able to tell that this is an eagle. It looks almost abstract. Yeah, well, a that's... A little bit. And there's a moon. It seems like there's a moon or a big planet with these beautiful uh, colors. And it looks like constellations even behind it. But almost in... Not clear. With these lights, it looks like there's they're, they're in motion. And the eagle is, is perched on a on a branch yeah and then it looks like there's even a a world below it of it's a green tree. Of, oh it's tree yeah but it looks it's the top of the tree but it yes. almost looks like the earth so it's interesting and so yeah. the symbolism between this so like why i like the sparkles and the claws so that light <laughs> is on its medicine which are its claws mm. which is what is which pulling would, out the roots yes Huh. Which is showing you, or it's showing, I wouldn't even say showing you, it's showing up in your reality to point to the place that needs attention. Mm. But the symbolism there is, you know, and I said about the programs and everything that are running in your mind, and the harpy eagle is, it's, it's of the air. It's of the wind. It's of the thoughts that's up in the head. It's high on the tree. That's where that is. That's totally me. <laughs> I'm in my, oh my head God. constantly. Yeah. <laughs> it's funny. And I'll, I'll just share personally. I did that psilocybin thing a week ago. And so there's been a lot of exploration of what that means. And I have felt relief in certain areas. And some areas have come back where it's like even more annoying you know, not come back. It's like, shit, why has that not gone away? <laughs> you know, like some parts were yeah, and other parts weren't where I'm so up in my head and it's so, it, it doesn't feel like my angst about it doesn't match the reality, you know, but I feel it. I feel it. And I wish I wasn't so up in my head over it, but it takes over. So that's why this is perfect that I just happen to. Yeah, that you happen to split the deck and that's split what the deck up. and that's what showed up. Yeah. yeah. So it's really I would say the intention behind the deck is about and it is a black jaguar and it has this kind of arch over it with a pyramid that's actually pointing. And if you were to look, it's pointing right to the center of itself. So sim- symbolically, also in this card deck, there is a card and it's the it's it's portal so that is the symbolism for portal and at the point of the portal is this bright light this deck is a representation of a portal to go into yourself but also the lines that you see on top of the head are symbolic of the rays and the moon is the symbolism for the night and so the black jaguar is it's of the night it's of the shadow it's it's Hmm. It's an it's a medicine and it's an energy that is completely 100% free of fear. It has no fear. Hmm. None. In the darkness. In the darkness. I mean, even in its natural habitat, there's nothing in the jungle. It is the top predator. So even on a realistic level, there is no fear there for it. It walks with no fear. And so that's really also part of the medicine is the alchemy of fear. And when I go into myself and I remember and I feel the places I've been, I felt, I have felt levels of fear that I felt like were going to kill me, that I I was Mm -hmm. like in the survival of myself. How do you work with that? It's intense, but I can, and we all can. In order to expand on your light, you have to go into shadow there is no shadow without light. There's no light without shadow. It just is what it is. And really moving from a place of power. Like I think that is beautifully power. put because I feel like the Not darkness. powder. Right. But I feel like the darkness and the shadow is what people are so afraid of. But I think there is more attention put on go in, go deeper. It's okay to have a full spectrum of emotions, not just happy, joy, excited, and then the rest are shit. And I think this deck is gorgeous. It's very sleek. It's sophisticated looking. 
Um, the colors are so vivid and you're so fucking creative. Thank you. Um, I'm excited for this. What do you know that you wish other people could know? That each person truly is the answer to all that they desire. I know that my life is so much about radical self-love. What is radical self-love? And here's the thing. Radical self-love doesn't always mean it's comfortable either. I just want to put that out there. This is not like airy fairy, like love yourself. Like sometimes radical self-love is setting yourself free from shit. That's really fucking hard or setting another person free, meaning like you're making the choice to walk away or however that could show up. Mm. Um, So it's not radical self-love is not, it doesn't feel good all the time, but it's necessary. And if that's one thing from my personal human experience that I did not see modeled, it was self-love. I've had to learn every one of these losses have brought me deeper into a place of learning what is self-love. Every time I love myself, I love God. It is the most beautiful form of worship Hmm. that there is. And you talked about before we were recording about divinity not a new definition of divinity but I love the way you say it can you share we hold the key to ourself but we are also I'm God and so are you and it's the resolving to those two things are existing simultaneously but the God aspect of us our divinity has been offline for a really really long time and integrate the two everything is inside of you that's beautiful so how can people get this deck how can people find you people can go right to jen-leon.com but the way of the jaguar.com as well is so those two websites is where they can find me thank you so much jen thank you for having me on and um yeah it was an honor Jen Leone, thank you so much for your courage to share your story and your ability to turn the darkest moments into the most creative expressions that others can be helped as well. I've linked everything in the show notes. I'd love to hear from you, the listener, too, as I'm offering a $50 reward to rename this podcast. You can email me at allison at allisonhair.com or sign up for my weekly personal emails at allisonhair.com. If you'd like to hear these episodes early and ad-free, become a supporter at patreon.com forward slash culture changers. Thanks for listening, and I'll see you next time.